Welcome to the Rock is George podcast. I'm your host, George Dion, and this is episode 94. Thank you for tuning in. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Music or on whichever platform you're listening to. And a special shout out to the loudest.com on the planet, knac.com. My guest for this episode is singer, guitarist, engineer, producer, mixer, Paul Sabu. Paul is considered one of the greats of AOR music. AOR is adult-oriented rock or album-oriented rock, but back in the 80s, we just called it hard rock or rock and roll. Over the last 30 years, he's released some fantastic albums in the genre, from Kid Glove to Heartbreak to Only Child, which is an album you absolutely have to check out. He's gone under different monikers over the years. He's currently released an album under the Sabu moniker through Frontiers Music called Banshee. It's out now. So many things happened throughout the career of Paul Sabu. I wish I had more time to talk to him about it from his B-movie themes to his work behind the boards with Madonna and Alice Cooper and other heavyweights. So here's the one and only Paul Sabu. All right. Uh, today we're talking about your latest album came out on December 9th called Banshee on Frontiers Music. But before we get to the album itself, if I knew absolutely nothing about Sabu, how would you describe your music to me? Gee, just a straight ahead, you know, rock vibe that that uh, I've been compared to Sammy Hager and, you know, White Snakeish kind of thing. I mean, all my life. So I, I guess like that. I think back in the day, we just called it rock and roll, and today they call it AOR, adult-oriented rock or album. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure who coined that either. <laughs> I think it was Frontiers. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> so uh, it's been a little while since you released an album. 2012 was the last Paul Sabu album, Bangkok Rules. So what brought about this uh, new Sabu album? Well, well, actually, Frontiers just happened to call me and ask me if I wanted to do a new album. And I said, yeah, okay. You know, because I've been doing, you know, doing um, for that time period there, everybody kind of started doing singles. So like I was just doing guest spots, you know, or, you know, one songs here, two songs there, that, that kind of thing for a while. And then I got writing with Frankie Benali a lot and... You know, we did several albums together. Still, actually, a couple haven't come out. Just, just kind of that vibe. You know, I didn't really think about it honestly. <laughs> you know, I, I was, I was having fun, just you know, writing and working on on stuff with everybody. Because uh, you know, there was like what three years of of jive. Nobody could do anything, and, and you know, I, the masks I actually liked because I didn't have to shave. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, that was just kind of wanky, you know, like in that in that time period, I, I hadn't really thought. So he called me right at the end of that. And uh, um, uh, Mario you know, Del Rizzo, he, he uh, called me at the end of it and just asked me, he says, do you want to do a new album? And I said, yeah, sure. That'd be great. So I, I submitted a few songs and they said, great, great, great. When I went to do the album, um, they said, oh, no, no, let's go back to the 80s. You know, just do you know an '80s album. I'd been doing you know a lot of Swedish kind of rock stuff, and they're you know a little heavier. 
So I was saying, okay, I'll go back to the 80s. So, you know, I submitted a few things and, you know, I just, it eventually turned around to going back to the 80s because I pulled out my old amp, my old guitars, my old everything, you know, from the 80s and sounded more 80s. So that's how it started. And that's certainly how it came out. A great album. And uh, you teamed up with Barry Sparks for this album. Do you guys have a long history together? Yeah, pretty much. We've been in bands together, I think, since just just after, you know, maybe I was 25 or so when, you, when we started playing together. But we've been in, in and out of bands a lot. We happen to be good friends as, as well. He's got, like, now he's got six kids. And, you know, he thinks he's a rabbit. Uh, you know, he's just, you know, the family's just wonderful. He's wonderful. And he's a very talented guy. You know, he's just like one of those guys you get together and you just want to do stuff. And we had been working on two other projects prior to when Mario, you know, called called me and asked me to do that. I, I was actually working on with something with Barry. And I said, hey, Barry, you want to do this? And he says, yeah, sure. You know, so that's how Barry got involved in it. Now, in keeping with the whole 80s thing and the whole, I guess I would call it Paul Sabu thing, the first single from the album is Candy, and you're certainly no stranger to naming songs after females. You had Angeline and you had Cassie. So who kind of inspired the song Candy? Actually, none of my songs are inspired by anybody in general. I mean, I never, I never like, you know, have a person and then all of a sudden have to write a song about them. There's a thing where they say whoever writes the best love song wins. I, you know, you try to write it about girls or you try to write it about, you know, females in general as far as a subject matter. But, you know, when you start playing the riff and you just start going through the stuff, it's more like when you happen to sing something and it sounds kind of cool, you just kind of stay with it. So, uh, you know, it's like, I, I mean, even with Angeline, you know, it's like, I, 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 you know, I was waiting, waiting, you know, to try to come up with a name, you know what I mean? And, and uh, Bob didn't work. So, you know, so, I, you know, I mean, Angeline, you know, came to, came to mind and Candy was the same kind of thing. It was like, oh, you know, it's like you just want to find the right, you know, name for the girl. And and so you know I I wish I don't even know if there is a girl named Candy with a K. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, are you planning another single from the album? I've only seen Candy so far. Well, yeah, we're we're gonna shoot another video, uh, barring any more hurricanes or natural disasters. Uh, you know, this month we're, we're we're shooting Rock the House, which is you know really kind of a the, uh, you know rocker from the and uh, uh, we'll probably do that like, I don't know, 20th of January. I think they had a tentatively slot. Whether that's the next single, I have no idea. I mean, they've, they've put out several songs and everybody seems to be, you know, kind of acclimating to, you know, a different single. I don't know which actually is the next single. I just know the next video is that. So, you know, like maybe it'll, you know, turn into a single. I noticed that you resurrected an old Quiet Riot song and you had mentioned Frankie Benali before. You got Black Side of Water on the new Banshee album that you co-wrote with Frankie. So if you want to talk a little bit about the history of that song and it kind of being reborn on this album. Originally, the, it was was he wanted to write a new Quiet Riot album. So we started it. We had written, you know, t you know, 10 songs to actually you know, start the, you know, I actually wrote a lot more, but I mean, you know, finished up 10 songs and uh, Backside of Water was one of them. 
you know, the person that's handling his estate is his his wife is is uh, very nice, but she, you know, really is pretty tight reined on everything. So she doesn't want, you know, any of Frankie's stuff to come out without, you know, Frankie's, you know, on it or anything like that. So it wasn't like I could use Frankie's drums or, you know, the actual parts that we did originally. So I just got it all again because I just... A, I loved the song and I loved him and I loved, you know, it was fun to do. And, you know, we never got any of these songs out. So I said, well, I'll do one of them. <laughs> well, this song so originally that, appeared on Quiet Riot 10, correct? Yeah. You know, that 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 album was a an odd album. They had just lost their other singer, got somebody in to sing it. You know, it sounded kind of weird to me. But, uh, you know, and then they used some old tapes that they had laying around in their basements for four cuts and, you know, so he, he kind of put it out and pulled it, you know, like I think it's in the same day. So it wasn't like, you know, anybody ever heard it. That's true. I didn't know the album existed until I looked it up on Wikipedia. I don't even have a copy. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you and Frankie uh, have a work, had a, had a working relationship as far as music is concerned. And you mentioned briefly at the beginning of this interview that you had a couple things in the can that haven't come out yet are are they going to see the light of day at some point yeah yeah if we can work some things out you know I, it's just it, it's it's basically you know just the the bs of of you know who owns what and where and when and why and all that stuff and it's it's, it's really a you know you get record companies and they want a piece of it and this, you know it's like if nobody's willing to you know give give in yeah i mean it doesn't matter to me i mean so much it's like i just want the stuff out but you know, it's it's like the, the Benelli estate basically, you know, kind of holds the reins on a lot of stuff, you know, as far as because they won't agree to anything. So I, I'm not sure, you know, exactly. I, I you know, I may end up just doing them all on the on the next albums. I, you know, I got I got three more with them, you know, with Frontiers. So I'll just scatter them in there. I, I find it odd that in in the twenty to thirty so on years, Frontiers has been in business that the they haven't been in the Paul Sabu business until 2022. Yeah, you know, honestly, I I I don't really know why, but there was somebody there who really didn't like me. I don't know why. I have no idea who it was. You know, it goes on. I mean, I, I you know, I could I could guess all day, but I I don't know. But it was it was like it wasn't it wasn't a musical dislike. It was a personal dislike. So it was never, it never came up. <laughs> and all of a sudden this person left and I don't know who that person was that actually left. And then Mario called me and said, Oh no, we all, we always loved you. <laughs> I said, well, okay, well, all right, great. Everybody seems to be getting in on the uh, whole vinyl resurgence uh, recently. Uh, the current Banshee album's only available on CD right now. Is there a possibility of seeing it on vinyl in the future? Yeah, it said they they said that they weren't going to put it out. You know, this when I turned the album in, it was very very sudden. You know, it was like it's like I mean the release was sudden. I mean, I think I you know I turned it in on the you know I don't know the end of November and it was going to be going to be out the next month and 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 you know so I mean we're you know I'm running down to shoot the video and and everything was so fast. I mean I I know we made the parts for the vinyl. And they said, okay, we'll just, we'll, you know, we'll go through, you know, the first part of the, the thing and then release it. Then, then they started gathering, you know, so many releases um, that they're putting out now. Then they also started expanding the company 
Vital, I mean, you know, we're supposed to put vital out. <laughs> you know, last, last thing I heard. So, you know, I, I, I hope it's coming. I got a record player, you know. <laughs> so maybe you could clear a little something up for me. You've gone under the moniker yeah. Sabu right now. You've gone under the moniker Paul Sabu, kid glove, only child. Is, is there a reason that you've had to go under these different monikers? Is that sort of a music industry thing, too? Um, it's pretty much the music owners thing. I've been in like, I don't know, six, seven albums that, you know, we had pretty good names for everything. I mean, we had, you know, we sat up for long enough to, you know, figure out names for the bands. And then, and then all of a sudden, right at the last minute, they said, Hey, you know, we should just call the album Sabu or we should just, it just should be Paul's, you know what I mean? It's like, and I'm going, oh, what, what about all those names? <laughs> and, and uh, so, you know, and it's like, I, I didn't want to argue with them. You know I mean? It's like, you know, it's just it's my boss. You know what I mean? And, and so I said, well, if you think that's best, you know. <laughs> so so really, I, I, I honestly say I, I it wasn't like I was being a wimp about it. I just didn't know what to do. You know, I mean, they they were they were pretty uh, decisive in their, you know, presentation of like, this is what we want to call it. You, uh, you also have several side projects that you've worked on in the last couple of years. Uh, one of my favorites is AOR with uh, Frederick Slama. How'd you guys, oh, first, yeah, first. How'd you guys yeah. first hook up on that? I think we hooked up about 12, 10, 12 years ago. And uh, he, he just, he's always used, you know, like these great players. And I've always been kind of interested because like, there's always these great players on this, you know, this guy's album. And I'm going, well, I wonder what the albums sound like. This is, you know, like back, I mean, 85, 87, you know, whenever he started, I, I never knew. So eventually he ended up calling me up one day and asking me if I'd, you know, sing a song for him. So I said, sure, S you know, send it over. So he he does, he does his stuff mostly with Tommy Denander now. And, you know, so, you know, he sent, you know, sent the tracks over. I sent them back. You know, we've been friends actually, you know, get, gotten to be good friends over those, you know, 10 or 12 years, wherever it's been. And, and one day, I mean, he actually put a a great, you know, a greatest hits album out of of, uh, <laughs> of mine. And I go, did we have we done that many songs together? You know what I mean? He said, yeah, yeah. I said, gee, I didn't know that. You know. <laughs> so yeah, it was. I mean, he's a wonderful guy, brilliant writer. Just you know, and he loves what he's doing, obviously, because he does a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also saw you working with a heavy metal band. You're working with them. You worked on a couple oh, of yeah, yeah. Those guys are great. You, you, you ever you ever hear them? I have heard them. They're actually pretty good. Oh, yeah. they're, they're phenomenal. I mean, and all the guys in the band are great. They're they're you know great players. Great you know great, nice guys. Just just and 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 their theatrics are just you know. It's like, you know, it's going to a, the best sci-fi movie and hearing great music that, that you know, like, I mean, these guys, like, their, their rhythm riffs that they that you sing to are, are, you know, faster than most people can flat pick anything, you know, and that's just the rhythm, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just, it's like the amazing kind of players that are in this band and, uh, and they come out with this unusual kind of thing <laughs> that that really works. <laughs> I think it was the last album that I really, I really liked this, this one tune and he had sampled his, it was uh hellhounds and it was, it, he had sampled his dog and he had the greatest samples on his dog I've ever heard. I mean, you know, just really 
great. I said, oh, we got it. You know, this is this is one of the, you just got to, you know, it's got to come out. And it actually was never a single, but I, I thought it was one of my favorite, you know, one of my favorites on there. But, but uh, yeah, just a great bunch of guys. And uh, I, I got to know Troy, who was, a, you know, lead singer for it with um, this band called Secret Society, which is nobody's supposed to be known uh, in the band, but everybody, you know, knows him anyway. But, you know, uh, Lincoln, Lincoln, you know, fabulous guitar player, you know, Swedish guy. Um, you know, I, I sang a lot of his stuff and 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 uh, and Troy was one of the guys that was on it. And I ended up singing backgrounds with Troy on it. And that's how we got to know each other. And we started working on, you know, on the them thing. And it was just, you know, a cool vibe. But a lot of things, you know, happened over in Sweden. You know, Fatal Smile, I was working on those guys, you know. I mean, and we, you know, seriously writing, you know, like every tune together. And, you know, they were on, they were the last band that, you know, like being, you know, touring with Dio, um, you know, before, you know, when he died, you know, they were, they were Dio's band, you know, I mean, like to open up for, you know, it's, in fact, you know, it wasn't, they, they released, you know, the last album we did uh, just right after he died and then they broke up, you know, they, they couldn't dig it. <laughs> Sweden seems to be where American rock music is reborn right now. Yeah, kind of. You know, it's just they 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 have it down, and it's it's. I I like you know I like the heavier stuff, and and the, and it's funny because when I was doing the Banshee album, anything I'd submit that was heavier, they they would they say, oh that's not quite you know that's a little that's a little, a little too heavy you know that's a little, that's not quite you know Italy enough and you know bring it bring it back you know so. Now they've got all these metal bands that are like, you know, you're going, I, I, I could have done those songs. <laughs> you know, I, th I think their, their spectrum is widening out quite a bit too. Yeah. They, they've come along. I remember the very beginning of, of frontiers and they, they certainly have come a long way from kind of giving American acts, I would say a second chance to be heard again because the American labels stopped pushing them. And then now they're expanding into giving, new acts kind of a platform they would they wouldn't have gotten any other way no no i mean they're actually those guys are you know to me totally amazing you know because there's there's they're not that big you know i mean it's not like there's not like you know floors and floors of, of, of individuals you know I mean, it's like you know there's but somehow i don't know what the spaghetti they you know has going but they managed to do like you know, really lock in together and, and have a plan. The one thing that they were really good at is actually not changing their plan. I mean, once it's set down as far as like what you're going to do and your release date and this and that and things like that, it doesn't change. I don't, I don't care what happens. It does not change. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably the only way they can stay organized with all the, you know, things that they've got, but, but it's, it's, you know, what they've done is amazing. You know, I think they got the biggest catalog in the world now. Absolutely. And now that they hooked up with the Orchard and Sony, so that's only going to push them higher, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's that's, you know, their main source of income. You know, I mean, I think before I used to think, you know, when I got, you know, I'd see half a million downloads or, you know, half a million streams. I mean, not downloads, uh, you know, and, and I think, man, I just I, I got like 300 bucks for this you know that, that just sucks you know what i mean you know for like that you know and now you know take a zero and add it on to that you know as far as i mean on, on the 
how much they pay, you know, they, they pay like a 10, you know, 10, you know, a hundred times less than they did then. So now, you know, having streams like at $3, you know, so, but you're going, maybe I should really be getting that $3 now. You know what I mean? Maybe I really need it because you know, it's, it's like all their pain, you know? but you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. I, I, I don't know how, you know, it adds up to be that much because you, you're going to, you know, you see pages, you know, when you, wherever you look at streaming, you know, reports or anything like that, I mean, there'll be like 40 or 50 pages and you'll like, like of nothing of zeros, but it doesn't mean there's no money in it. It just means that it didn't make a penny back yet. You know what I mean? It's like, and you're going, you know, by the end of it, you're making, you know, 15 cents after, you know, like the, the paper's got to be more than that. You know, if they use paper anymore. It's an unusual situation, I gotta say. <laughs> Not one that I love. I think what's changed now is that you you put out music to sell the live show when you used to do the live shows to sell the music. Yeah, yeah, that absolutely. It's just a tremendous amount of to me, you know, like 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 sales lost, you know what I mean? As far as like, you know, like you know, your CD sales. I mean, whoever heard you know, if somebody told you five years ago that vinyl was going to outsell CDs, I mean, you would have just laughed, you know, and, and now they, now you're going, oh, I got to get the vinyl, the CDs are selling, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you, you're, you're closer to the industry than I am, but I have a feeling that the record labels will screw up the vinyl thing by raising the price so high, everybody's going to be like, nope. Yeah, probably. Hey, you know, streaming's fine. You know, <laughs> I like the song. I like the song, so I'll stream it. You know, what I mean, I, I know, but I mean, there are, you know, there's those guys who just like, you know, know their turntables and they got them on like these two ton granite blocks and you know with air blowers and stuff like that to take all the dust out of the air and I mean, there's you know, there's these fanatic guys that you know will always buy vinyl, but. You know, for the general guy, it just goes down to the store and he says, hey, you know, I think I'll buy a turntable. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm I'm sure this, you know, streaming has entered their mind. <laughs> Do you still have an opportunity to work on movie or TV soundtracks? You were like the bee horror movie guy there for a little while. Oh, yeah, I was I was like the king of bees. You know what I mean? I was like. The thing that is, is they're not they're not even making A's now. <laughs> they stopped. Uh, if you ask me where, you know, they made movies, I wouldn't know, <laughs> you know, I mean, it used to be Hollywood, you know what I mean? It's like, but I don't know where Hollywood moved to. A lot of people who weren't into politics all of a sudden became politicians and they all started, you know, view, you know, letting their stuff out, you know, it was like how they felt and stuff like that. When it was much better when nobody knew shit, you know what I mean? Or, you know, because <laughs> you liked everybody more. Now there's, you know, you just see them in a movie. This is great. And you just think the movie's great and everything else like that. And they start talking and they're just absolute morons. You know what I mean? It's like, and you're going, I would have, I would much rather not known this. You know what I mean? Just don't talk. So I just, just want you in the movie, you know, but I don't know where they make movies now. So I don't even know where the B movies are made. I mean, everybody seems to have a, a source but I, I just don't know where it is. <laughs> well, based on your past work with Hard Rock Zombies and Ghoulies 2 and Trick or Treat and Ghost Town, I feel like you could get a great slot at a horror movie convention because these things are like blowing up. 
realize like Hard Rock Zombie is as goofy as that movie is. You know, I mean, as lame and as goofy as that movie is, people like, I mean, I get letters constantly like, if it wasn't for Hard Rock Zombies, I couldn't get up in the morning and things like that. And these people are serious, you know, and I'm going, my gosh, you know, and do you realize it's in 17 languages? That's more than the Avengers. <laughs> I mean, I'm going, what, what, what is with this? <laughs> I mean, I'm thankful, you know, it's nice and all, but I mean, it, it's nuts. I have no idea where anybody does anything anymore. You know? <laughs> well, I'm telling you, you're going to get out to those horror conventions and meet those fans of hard rock zombies. You and know, I, 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 I think, I think you're right. I think, you know, like, I, I mean, I used to laugh at it, but now I think, you know, like I'm seriously, you know, like these are my people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Paul, I, I've been a big fan of yours for a long, long time, and I'm glad we had the opportunity to talk. Those are all the questions I have for you today. The new album, Banshee, is out now on Frontiers Music. It's fantastic. Well, thank you, George. I appreciate it, man. It was, it was fun talking. Once again, I want to thank Paul Sabu for coming on the Rock is George podcast. Be sure to check out his latest album, Banshee, out now on Frontiers Music. Head over to your favorite music streaming site. Check out the album. If you like what you hear, go out and buy a physical copy. Support the artist. For all things Paul Sabu, head over to his official website, paulsabu.com. Check out his extensive career. He's appeared on things that you might not have realized, and he's done some fantastic work throughout the years. I also want to thank Dustin Hardman of Hardman Promotions and Frontiers Music for making this interview possible. You've been great. I've been George Dion. I'll see you again soon.